Welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. It is July 9th, the Monday. Beautiful Monday. Summer's kicked into high gear here. It's a little bit cool outside, at least in the morning. Probably turn out to be a real hot, muggy one. It's fucking hot in the summertime. What are you going to do, right? Just back from our family vacation down to Bethany Beach, Delaware. We go every year, July 4th week, which has been a custom since the kids were young. We're going on 10 years. And, I mean, I could describe that. I could take several podcasts to describe that, but it was just awesome. It was everything that we wanted it to be trying to do all the cool things that we remember, keep those occasions alive, those high points, those highlights alive, such as hitting the beach and going out to nice restaurants, relaxing, hitting the pool, riding bikes, and then also to add some some cool stuff, some new stuff, which we did, try a different restaurant, did parasailing, played my ukulele, just spent time together, right? Isn't that what family vacations are all about? Kids are right there. They're on the cusp of their teenage years. I know that they're going to be here very, very soon and, and all that that entails. And before we know it, not trying to rush it, but... We're going to be back to the school year, and the school buses will be loading up on those crisp mornings, clogging up our local roads here, getting those kids off to school, which is an awesome thing. I'll be back to school, man, to be back to work, teaching. And so the grind is a grind, you know, I happen to enjoy it, I uh, extract some genuine gratification from the work that I do. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck, of course. There's days that are bad and days that are good, mostly good. People are bad and good as well, but mostly good. You have to be looking for the good so you see it. Yeah. Take the world for the best best possible product. It's a beautiful life, my friends. I feel that it is. Some stories uh, about a halfway into vacation, I got a call from my niece who lives up there near my parents in upstate New York. My father had been admitted to the uh, emergency room hospital which they live in the Catskills, so things are pretty rural up yonder. And he had to go to some local medical center first, and then on to Cooperstown Hospital. An hour away, I guess, at least. So there was a sense that it could have been a heart attack. So this... You know, it was a shock. 
on the one hand, it was also kind of uh, something that is fairly possible for a man of 75 or whatever he is now to experience. I mean, he had some sort of heart-related issue or circulation issue, had to get a stent put in 30 years ago. And Dad, uh, he's, he's otherwise been very healthy. But you worry about it. You worry about your parents. You get the, you receive a sense that there might be um, a bit of a role reversal coming up. I mean, I talk to my patients and my friends who have parents who are becoming senior citizens, essentially, and they need to see more doctors, and they they uh, can start to lose their cognition a little bit, their, their, their mind starts to wander, and anyway, my dad wound up in the hospital, he did not, after three or four days of a workup, he did not have any, any sort of electrical problem with his heart, uh, there was no evidence uh, via lab work, blood work, that he had had an acute myocardial infarction. And nothing else ominous. They could not find anything that was an emergency, health emergency. Essentially, he was having chest pains, progressively. Having problems sleeping in a certain position. So, that was a bummer, you know. So I had that weighing on my mind while I was on vacation. Uh, do I leave, drive up there, and try to save the day somehow? Try to be there, sit in the hospital? Uh, and the answer was no. Ultimately, I did not rush out of there, particularly once I learned that he was uh, stable. And I was seven, eight hours away. So, the realities of getting older of raising a family, the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon, when you coming home, son or dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then, you know we'll have a good time then, right, so I don't even know the exact origin or the moral of that story, but it seems to me a father and a son trying to make time for one another, swearing that they need to do it and they will, and... The reality being that life takes you in another direction. So they're three hours away, but kind of feel sometimes like they're three days away. I don't visit a lot. Uh, I don't talk a lot with them. We've got some family issues, as most people do. Some things that uh, we've had, had some troubles over the years, you know, not my father and I specifically, but there never has been a sense of peace, rarely, in my, the life of my family, and so I kind of circle the wagon, so to speak, with my immediate family, and try to do my absolute best, along with my wife, who is our saving grace, to lead them and raise the kids 
in a supportive environment and one void of any of the bullshit that we might have experienced. Well, we'll try to do the best job we can. So that was kind of a bummer that my dad was has been sick. He says he feels a little bit better, but he's got a bunch of doctors to go to and, and whatnot. <clears throat> so they're going to need, my parents are essentially going to need some help. Some, they'll tell them it's swear up and down that they don't, that I don't need to come visit or they're whatever, you know, the, the context of my visit. If I come up this Thursday or maybe this weekend, what's that going to be like? Could be, it's my dad was sick, so that's why I'm heading up. So it's a bummer because he's going to be back on his, on pushed back on his heels, um, waiting for the conversation. Hey, Dad, you're going to be okay? What are you going to do? Um, you're going to see this doctor. You're going to take care of your, uh, you know, make sure you got your will and everything squared away. It's like you're 75 years old, man. You got 20 years left on this, on this earth, maybe. Right, so it's a scary time potentially, or a time of peace. But I, I, I imagine it would be more of the former for a lot of people. A frightening time after you worked your ass off for however many years—30, 40 years of your life—and dreamed to be finally at, at the destination where you can retire and you can do all the things that you always wanted to do, but then start to have health problems, you start to, you know, there's a lot, a lot of shit going on there. So, there's that. So I'm back to, uh, Anyway, I'm going to go visit up, visit them up there on Thursday. So I'll have more on that. But coming off of those days standing on the beach with the waves folding in upon us. It weren't big waves. It wasn't a tumultuous uh, ocean, an angry ocean. It was a calm, lukewarm, beautiful ocean, green-blue, coming in sets, never-ending, arriving at the shore where we would all stand. And at one point, we were all, I, I looked to my left and right, and the waves were coming in with such regularity, and maybe they were a foot or two high, but, you know, when you're in there bobbing in the surf, you can't see beyond them, all you see is that wave build up and finally come to a crest, there's an anticipation, and as those waves came in, I looked to my left and right, just out of my peripheral vision, I saw just hundreds of people looking out, anticipating these waves. And parents would 
grab their kids in anticipation of a big, big ass wave coming in to protect them. And kids would, some would run and scamper and try to beat the wave ashore. And others would be a little bit more mature and they would want to ride the wave. Come on, let's go. This is the one. This is the one. We're all waiting for that wave for whatever purpose it serves for us. Are we going to ride it? Are we going to run from it? Are we going to prepare for it? But as I looked around, I saw a lot of people just staring out, wide-eyed, looking at the waves and beyond, and it made me think about a lot of things, about life, about man's attraction to the sea, to its vastness, its unknown qualities, its beauty. What's beyond those waves? What's beyond those waves as far as the eye can see? What kind of ocean life is out there on the surface and beneath? And where's that ship going? I wonder how far that ship is away. A mile? Ten miles? And what is the life of the people that I'm standing, bobbing in the waves? What are, what are their lives like? On what basis are they here at the beach, other than the obvious, going on vacation, spending some time relaxing? All of the people in this soup, this surf soup, what do they bring into the ocean with them, this pilgrimage? What kind of thoughts and dreams and fears do they wade into the breakers? trying to let go and when they look beyond those waves are they longing for something what do they hope to find beyond the wave I don't know if everyone's thinking that deeply but I certainly do finally get to the point where you're on vacation you've had some excitement and you've had some time to relax, and you start to ponder the deep uh, issues of life. It's beauty, it's challenges, commitments you have in your life. Try to rethink everything, and how can you, to me, how can I build a better mousetrap? What am I going home to do? With this energy, this recharging, courtesy, this beach vacation that I've waited all year for what am I going to do with it how can I make this the best year yet and how can I start planning for this recharge now for next year right and then you have periods where you're like you know what I'm kind of done I'm looking forward to getting back to the grind I miss my routine. Right? We're sleeping in. We're not in our own bed. The dog, another thing, was a bummer. The dogs uh, 
Junebug, our 12-year-old lab, she had the shits the entire week, shat right on the friggin' rug, a bloody diarrhea, so she's just getting her bowels back under her now. So that's no fun, right? And you're sleeping in a foreign little um, beach house that's in somewhat disrepair. And, uh, you know, you're just wondering. Eventually you got to go home. Are we going to buy that or are we going to buy that house? That little beach house over there is for sale for $300,000 and move down to the beach. Would all our problems go away, right? The answer is likely no. Because I think because the stresses of life are necessary. We need them. We need that challenge. We need to be needed, to be, um, to feel like we produce something worthwhile. And so this morning, as I'm five minutes away from the office, I can't wait to see my patients. I can't wait to see my staff. Can't wait to go to boot camp tomorrow. You know, I, on some level, I, I can't wait for those first students to start contacting me about the fall semester. Want to be needed. Want to feel like I'm doing something to leave my mark on this world. And come in full circle. I don't want to be a 75-year-old man feeling afraid. Being admitted to the hospital for some questionable condition and uh, yeah. I don't want to become my father in that sense he's a great man and I love him but at 43 years old with two kids and two dogs and a freaking dynamite life a great wife I want to fucking ride that wave, you know, I want to, I'm anticipating the waves as they come without any, you know, question, as they come with regularity, I, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be prepared, and I'm going to surf those bastards, and I want to get so good at surfing those waves, and anticipating where they're going to break, that I can play with them. I can play with the wave and dance on it, essentially. Ride it. Carve it. Use its momentum. Steal its momentum. And hop out before it breaks. I'm going to keep this in mind when my first patients walk through the door at 8 a.m. Kick ass this week. Stay motivated.